Welcome to another episode of D-List of the Podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. It's voting day in New York. Happy voting day, New York. We record this, we're recording this right now on a Thursday, and it's going to go out tomorrow, Friday. So by the time you all listen to this, you should know if Rojo Caliente's wife, Cynthia Nixon, beat Sandra Lee's man, Andrew Cuomo, Cuomo, <laughs> in the primaries. And we'll, and if she was going to go on to the main event in November. So pu- pu- pull off your headphones. If you hear a blood-curdling cry, that's me crying over the fact that Rojo Caliente is not going to be the First Lady of New York. And if you hear an orgasm yodel, that's me celebrating that that New York is one step closer to Rojo Caliente being their First Lady. Is she still called a First Lady? Like, if, if it's not the president, is it still called a First Lady? Yeah, why not? I guess. Yeah, the, the fir- like San- people call Sandra Lee now, well, kind of as a joke, the First Lady of New York. I always called her the First Lady of Tablescapes. Or the First Lady of Gourmet Cuisine. Yeah, the only but lady. Cynthia is way behind Cuomo in the polls, so she's probably going to lose. But, you know, at least we'll get, which is awful, but at least we'll get Sandra Lee at the victory rally serving a celebratory cake, which is probably like, you know, an Entenmann's banana cake covered with toaster strudel frosting and crushed apple jacks. It'll be a carrot cake as representation, like as to represent the enemy that her husband smoted. Yeah. And with Apple Jacks to represent New York. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. So now let's get into um, Devin Windsor. Devin Windsor. So there's a docuseries on E! right now called Model Squad. And I use docuseries is basically a reality show. They're trying to be fancy with dog. It's a reality show. Yeah, it's not a and documentary. No. And it follows a bunch of models during fall fashion week. So there was a scene um, this past episode where several of the models um, ta- are talking about diversity in fashion and how they've not been cast in shows because of their race. Victoria's Secret model Devin Windsor, who is blonde and white, let them know that she basically has it worse than them because she's a blonde and has to get highlights every month. So she said, I literally went through hell and and literally lived in different countries like every other month and didn't speak that language, didn't speak Paris, didn't speak Italian. And I did that for like two years. I don't think you can relate to the turmoils of being different. Do you know how hard it is to be blonde? I have to get a highlight every month. Devin, of course, got shit for it. Uh, Former Miss Universe Olivia Culpo, who is also on the show, defended Devin on Twitter and blamed editing. Devin also blamed editing and apologized, saying, I want to apologize for what I said. It goes without saying that the comments in the show are incredibly insensitive. The majority of the conversation was edited. And if a peer of mine wanted to discuss such a serious subject, I would never follow it with a joke. I have an immense amount of respect for my peers. I know the struggle of diversity and inclusion in my business as well as in so many others is not one to take lightly. I wonder what part they edited out. Like, I need to know if she went on, like if she talked about the struggle of having to go get a blowout every two weeks. I know. And the thing is, Allison, uh, I just want to say that I never understood the plight of your people 
white blonde women until I heard the impassioned speech, you know, from your Martin Luther King Jr. about your struggles. So I just want to let you know I'm with you. I'm going to start change.org position, petition demanding that blondes shouldn't pay taxes on purple shampoos, highlights, blowouts. You all... Oh. Blonde lives matter. We shouldn't. You don't understand how difficult it is for us to go swimming in a chlorinated pool. I'm getting teary just thinking about it right now. It's so upsetting. Michael. I know. It's awful. And, and also... No, I was just going to say it's so it's so hard. People really don't understand. And you, you know, until you've walked in my blonde shoes, you don't know how difficult it is to get a set of highlights when you don't speak Paris. I know. And that's the other thing that I feel for her because I'm sure that she tried to find Rosetta Stone Paris so she could learn the language of France and she couldn't find it because one doesn't exist because it's not a fucking language. No, the Rosetta Stone Paris is probably just an empty box that says, sorry, Blondie, you're gonna have to learn this for yourself. Again, another example of discrimination. So yeah, but do you think it's editing? No. Of course not. I think it's a... Okay, I think she's dumb as hell. Oh, yeah, of course. But when I watched it, it's... I mean, she still said some stupid shit, but some of it is missing. But the other model, Ping Hu, the Asian model who had that conversation with Devin, says in the... When they interview her, you know, she kind of is laughing at it and kind of confirms Devin was being offensive. Yeah, part of part of me when I watched it, I thought, okay, there's no way that there's no way a person is this tone deaf. Like she's trying to lighten the mood. Oh yeah, she's trying to make oh, a yes, joke. Oh yes, there is. I mean, there is. I mean, is it kind of like how you know how Dalmatians are deaf and that's why they bite people all the time? Maybe blondes are naturally tone deaf, and you know what, Michael? Well, I you can say that you're a blonde. You can say that. I can't say that. <laughs> No, that's why I said it, because I was like, you know what? If I don't say it, no one will, because I have the rights to. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Devin will be fine. Fox News just fell in love. She's going to have a two-hour show on there talking about Blonde Lives Matter. She's got the perfect name for it, too. Yeah. So on to Matthew McConaughey. So the Texas T-Rex is promoting this movie White Boy Rick. Uh, He plays a single father to a teenage drug king turned FBI informant in 1980s Detroit. Since he's playing a single dad, he thought he'd give us his thoughts on single parent families. He told The Hollywood Reporter that white boy Rick is a stark reminder that we see every day that a two-parent home is usually a healthier home, that you can trace a lot of things back to family dynamics. Actually, my wife and I work with after-school kids who come from a lot of single-parent homes, and a lot of the trouble that these children are getting into from lack of support back home is very scientific. It's also some of these people, like the character I play, they're born into it. Their hearts are in the right place, but they don't have the means to succeed, and it can be cyclical. Who said that, by the way, about... um single parent like where did he get that fact from who said that Uh, science so he he kept going so he told the daily beast and they asked him like they asked him they didn't even ask him a question about single parent families (laughs) they asked him about uh the reagan era war on drugs and he said well there are many ways of looking at it this was the 80s when neighborhoods in detroit were falling apart you could also see it in cleveland when we were shooting the film it's the same cycle coming back again the problem of single parent families 
And I should have stopped at Matthew saying it's very scientific because the only scientific shit I want to hear from him is the best way to smoke a bowl. Yeah. Him talking about science is basically Devin Windsor talking about race relations and highlights. Oh, my God. They should get a show together. Oh, they'd love it. They'd love it. Um, I'd love it. My Matthew McConaughey is so dumb, though, because what he's forgetting is, like, I know that this is going to be like a, what is it, like, proof of burden? Here I am trying to sound smart. But, like, when someone says something and then they're kind of like, well, prove me wrong. But I'm going to prove him wrong because two-parent households can be just as dumb. Well, that's the thing. I was, well, I was raised by a single mother Mm -hmm. and my abuelita helped and I'm fucked up. That's a scientific fact. (laughs) But it has, I don't think it has to do with me being raised by a single mother because my sister was raised the same way and she's a teacher. She's a good person. She hasn't gotten into any trouble. So. Michael, what happened? Oh, I don't know. That's. My therapist, is that you? (laughs) but you're right so yeah in a perfect world we'd all be raised by two sane great people but if my dad stayed i'd be way more fucked up probably if you can believe that so i think it's best that i was raised by a single parent yeah take that matthew mcconaughey that's and what what really made me feel bad about reading what matthew had to say and it's not that him shaming single parent families which I should be upset about that since we all know he's the premier voice on families. But I had to look up how to pronounce cyclical. <laughs> so I had to learn how to pronounce a word that Matthew McConaughey said. If that doesn't make you feel stupid, I need to go back to preschool. To be fair, Matthew McConaughey probably tried it about 10 times. He was like, popsicle, cyclical. He, it, he got through it a bunch of times too first. Don't feel too bad. Oh, I still do. So I'm going to talk about, I'm going to move this into a conversation about Henry Cavill because nothing says moving from single parent homes to uh, Superman negotiations, which is probably the best segue I'll ever have on this show. Um, So on Wednesday, The Hollywood Reporter reported, my favorite uh, combination words, by the way, that Henry Cavill, who's played Superman in three films, might be walking away from the role of Superman. And mm-hmm. this this all happened because um, Henry Cavill was supposed to play Superman in the movie Shazam, which comes out in April, starring Zachary Levi, also based on another DC superhero. Wait, talks- did, um, did Shaq play Shazam or is that something else? No, you're so close. Shaq played Kazam. Oh, Kazam. Now that's what I want to see. I want to see Sh- Superman yeah, Shazam. And Kazam. Yeah. To me, Shazam sounds like the documentary, like the movie within a movie, like a documentary about the making of Kazam starring Shaq. Unfortunately, that's not what it is. Hollywood doesn't want to listen to our ideas, apparently. So Zachary, Zachary Levi is Shazam, whatever. Henry Cavill is Superman. He's supposed to be in it, but then talks break down. And a source from inside Warner Brothers says that his appearance in Shazam was cut because of a scheduling conflict with the Netflix series, The The Witcher. Witcher. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've never heard, but I'm sure it's fine. Um, But the kind of the insider, like insider baseball information was that Henry Cavill negotiations broke down because he didn't get paid enough or something like that yeah he wanted more money yeah so then that starts this rumor that henry cavill is like i'm done like fuck superman that's you know i've got the witcher i don't need your asses yeah exactly so 
Yeah, he's like, I've been in three Superman movies. Who cares? So another source inside Warner Brothers says that they were actually going to, they were thinking about recasting Superman, kind of like how they do with James Bond, and that they were looking at Michael B. Jordan for it. So again, another source is saying like, well, because they want to go younger, right? Because of Supergirl. Supergirl, yeah. But the, the source also kind of made it seem like, well, you can't quit because we fire you. Even though none of this has been confirmed. Henry Cavill finally kind of addressed the situation. Oh, and Warner Brothers released a statement saying, like, we loved working with Henry, but, like, nothing's been confirmed for the future. It's pretty much, blah, blah, blah. their statement is pretty much, we're done with him, but we're not going to say we're done with him. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a thank you parting gift yeah. on the way out. Um, Henry addressed the situation on Instagram last night by uploading a video of him in a Superman t-shirt, holding a Superman doll, which, again, that sounds like something that'll get you put on a list watching it, but it's not as weird as it sounds. Um, and he doesn't say anything, but a lot of people are saying... Oh, oh I thought it was really weird. I thought it was, He looks constipated in the face. He looks like he's sitting on the toilet. It's like, and and I'm when I'm watching him, I'm like, some some scat queen is definitely fapping to this. It's weird because he like raises, in the video, he raises the Superman I don't want to call it a doll. It's like a big action figure. It's like 11 inch, 11 inches of Superman basically. But he like raises it up and then lowers it again. Very like metaphor Superman boner. Yeah, and he's like, his face is scrunching. He looks it's, like he's pushing one out oh it's weird you could teach a whole college class on this video the meat the meaning behind it um but he doesn't say anything people on the internet are saying oh well that's his way of saying he's still totally invested in this movie and all that stuff but then tmz pokes their head in and says the whole situation is blown out of proportion warner brothers has no plans on making like another superman movie or if they do it's like nobody's talked about it that Henry never had, like, any kind of negotiations on a future Superman movie. And they sort of imply that it's almost like a publicity stunt. But again, publicity for what? Maybe that maybe that Superman doll? I have no idea. And I don't really care about the Superman stuff. What So what has come up during all this talk is the Supergirl reboot. And they're yeah. talking about there's going to be a teen Supergirl. Teen Supergirl. And that's what bothers me. Why do we need another Supergirl movie when the original is a masterpiece? Can you imagine a, a Supergirl without Faye Dunaway and Brenda Vaccaro? Don't imagine that. Your brain will no, and I don't will want, flatten and cry. I don't want to imagine it either because it feels like a real disrespect to film, a waste of film. It's um, a waste of everything. Nobody's going to see that if Faye Dunaway's not in it. No, of course not. Also, there's the Supergirl TV show, too. Oh, no, I don't. Even, I don't know her. <laughs> no. I don't know what you're talking about. The, and Henry, like Henry Cavill's hot. Don't yes. get me wrong, but in those movies, he and Ben they have the personality of rocks, rock dust. They just have no personality. So DC should just cast a cardboard cutout of Henry as Superman. It's cheaper and it probably deliver more human emotion. So that's what they should do. Oh, for sure. And they should position the cardboard backwards so that's just mostly ass shots yeah exactly who now who i know the answer to this but who is your favorite non-cartoon superman I'll, i'm gonna guess for you okay uh, hold wait wait let me think about it though i'll give you a list i'll give you the list because i wrote this all down who's my favorite uh, non-cartoon superman okay kirk allen okay. i don't know who that is but george reeves of course christopher no, not George Reeves. Is it George Reeves? Yeah, because it's George Reeves okay. and Christopher Reeves. Yeah. Christopher Reeves, John Haynes Newton. 
Gerard Christopher, Dean Kane, Tom Welling, Brandon Ruth, Henry Cavill, Tyler Hoechlin. Oh, okay. You tell me who you think it is. Christopher Reeve. No. Okay, let me give me give me another give me another chance. George Reeves. No, I'll give you a hint. Think of the thickest Superman on that list. Fat? No, like thick, like every part of him. Henry is Cavill. Thick. No. Who? Dean Kane. Tyler Hoechlin. Oh, okay. He's my favorite. What, what, which one is he even in? Supergirl. He's in the Supergirl oh, yeah, TV I don't show. Know that. <laughs> That's yeah, why. I don't know that at all. But I'd have to say my second favorite is Dean Kane. What? Okay, because let me tell you, because I used to pretend to watch Superman when I was younger, when I was so young, when I was like basically a cluster of cells. Um, I used to try to watch Superman, but it was always always kind of came on after my bedtime. So I, I would say like, oh, I've got to watch Superman. Like, just let me watch Superman. But I had no interest. I just wanted to stay up for an extra half an hour. That's why. No, that's not a good enough reason. Sorry. Take it back. Take it back. Okay, so we're back. So now we're going to go over five stories of the week really quickly or quickly-ish, starting with Sarah Jessica Parker. Page six says that a jewelry brand named Cat Florence Designs is suing Sarah Jessica Parker for stealing almost $150,000 in accessories from them after borrowing for a photo shoot. SJP says it's a lie and that Cat Florence Designs told her to keep the jewelry to wear on red carpets. Kim Cattrall just ran out to apply for law school, schedule a bar exam so she could represent Cat Florence Designs pro bono in court. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and what I don't get is why doesn't, I mean, SJP is rich as hell. Why doesn't she just give the jewelry back unless she's already taken it apart and sold it on the black market? And if that's the case, her life is Ocean's 8. Yeah, where's Matthew Broderick and all of this? Does he have jewels on his hands? You know, this could, I have a joke for that, but we'll say that because that could get me into some trouble. <laughs> he does have some jewel in his hands, if you know what I mean. Okay, on to The Bachelor. Former tight end, and that happens to be my grind, my grinder username, former tight end, Colton Underwood, Underwood is the next Bachelor, and he's also a 26-year-old virgin. He isn't saving his V-card for marriage or anything, so sources tell TMZ that he's open to fucking a finalist in the fantasy suite while filming the show. He also doesn't care if the lady he does it with is a virgin like him. Oh, they should rename that the Awkward Fantasy Suite. But on the upside, producers won't have to rent the room for very long. Yeah, it's true. And so I haven't seen The Bachelor in forever, but they constantly make out, right? Yeah, they're always making out, but sometimes they do fucking that fantasy suite. Sorry, they make love. Even if he, from making out, he's probably going to bust his panties every time he kisses one. So he's going to have a permanent wet spot. And constantly smell like bleach and balls. Oh, God. I feel bad for the wardrobe department. I know. And I am jealous of the woman he may lose his V-card to because, honestly, nothing is sexier than getting awkwardly fucked for 30 seconds by a first-timer as an entire production crew listens from the next room. Oh, yeah. Forget what I said. They should rename it every woman's fantasy suite. Yeah. And I'm not being sarcastic. That's my kink. Yeah. Okay. So on to everyone's favorite feminist, Lena Dunham. So the clothing site Revolve is selling a $215 sweatshirt that reads, being fat is not beautiful. It's an excuse. They're selling other sweatshirts that have messy quotes like that. 
but it, the, they're meant to highlight the abuse and trolling women face online, and proceeds were supposed to go to charity. Lena Dunham, of course, was involved, but she got mad at Revolve for putting the sweatshirt on a skinny white model. She's no longer associated with the collection, and Revolve is, has also pulled the entire thing and donated $20,000 to Girls Right Now. I know that I should be offended by the message on the sweatshirt, but the thing I'm most offended at is that they were selling it for $215. No sweatshirt should be more than $35. No, but I think they should should have kept it online. They would have made so much money because fat haters, Carl Lagerfeld, and Piers Morgan would have bought them all. They would have bought them for $515 each. They would have used them as toilet paper. Just bought a whole collection, rolled them up on a roll. Cum rags is more like it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Kate Beckinsdale. On to Kate Beckinsdale. She told people that her butter of choice is Kerrygold grass-fed butter from Ireland. She has a hard time finding it, so she puts it in her bag when traveling. Uh, Do they I, have they have Kerrygold at my shitty grocery store, so I don't know what she's talking about. Do they have it at yours? Oh, yeah. They they sell Kerrygold yeah. everywhere. She must be going some, to some weird places, you know, with only gas stations or something, where she's got to pack her own butter. But, I mean, I'm sure TSA doesn't care. They've probably seen weirder. They probably look at her bag like, butter for some sex thing? Sure, go on through. We don't care. Yeah, and that's the thing. And, like, she, like, Kate Beginsdale eats butter. That's what I was going to say. You know she uses a lube, and now I want to use a grass-fed lube. That's pretty fancy. That's very fancy. That, you know that makes more went. sense. That makes more sense. Yeah. Okay, and finally, Marky Mark was asked on Instagram about his daily routine. So he claims he gets up at 2.30 in the morning, p- then prays, eats, works out, eats, showers, golfs, eats, goes into the cryo chamber, eats, does family time slash meetings slash work calls, eats, has more meetings, picks up the kids from school, eats, works out, showers, eats, goes to bed at 7.30 p.m. Oh my god! He pr- okay. So on his list, he prays from two forty-five a.m. to three fifteen a.m. And I, I don't, I don't know if there's a god above us, but if God exists, God is like, please stop waking me up so early to wish for Ted three. <laughs> well, it, this schedule explains a lot about him. Why he always looks so fucking miserable. Right. And when you add up the family time, it's like a couple of hours. And even then, his family is probably like, uh, you know, don't you have more praying? Yeah. eating and working out to do when he lists workout number two i read that and i thought okay that's definitely code for taking a shit after all of those workout meals after all of the snacks this little segment is called shit advice and it's where allison and i give advice to listeners with problems so the first one comes from d d wrote i'm european and have to go to exorbitant amounts oh sorry i have to give exorbitant amounts of money at weddings and bridal showers my cousin is getting married soon and did not have a bridal shower i was told that means i have to give more at her wedding since i didn't have to give a card at a bridal shower i think that is bogus would love to hear your thoughts first of all i'd like to announce i'm getting married and having a bridal shower and i'd like to invite d d i know you can't make it but i'll send you my venmo info so you can send me exorbitant amounts of money as a gift i know i want d as a f- friend and relative as a relative yeah yeah how do i this how do one, we make that happen <laughs> yeah just go to uh, what is it 23 and me i'm sure oh, you can yeah. probably fake it yeah you slip them 20 bucks be like tell me i'm related to d 23 bucks yeah <laughs> um i can kind of relate to d if only because uh i'm also somewhat european and girl <laughs> 
How? <laughs> Wait, are you doubting that I am? Or are you saying like, no, you're definitely all European? Well, you're I'm Canadian. White. Yeah, but I'm also, I'm, I'm a fairly new generation Canadian. Did you grow up in Europe? Look, okay, I... I am Canadian, but look, when you... Girl, I'm European. <laughs> no, but I know this is like, it's such a white girl thing to be like, I'm 15% Irish and 3% German and, you know, no, you, 2% blue-eyed devil. lives in Europe. <laughs> okay, see, I thought that what I understood from D was I am like European. I come from like a European culture where it's still... Because that's still kind of, you know, standards and practices. Like if you... If let's say you come from like an Italian family or come from like a Russian family and you, you live in North America, you're still going to kind of have a, you know, a, a year, like a Euro sort of wedding like that where they expect money. Okay, my Euro queen. What were you saying? <laughs> okay. Well, what I'm just trying to say is I under I I understand going to a wedding and being like, like I've been to the type of weddings where you give a gift and I've been to the type of weddings where you give a card full of money. And the the weddings where you give a gift are obviously my favorite ones because, you know, you either buy something off the registry or you, like, slip a gift card in the card and say, like, happy wedding. The, like, awkward ones are the ones where you have to go to the bank machine, take out a whole bunch of 20s or, like, nice 100s. Uh-huh. I, well, I'm not putting more than one 100 in a card, of course. <laughs> but, yeah, but, like, you got to stuff it full of cash and you have to donate it. And it's, like, that to me. So I get, I get that part, and it's. Have you it, ever given money in a bridal shower? Um, no, but again, I've been to that type of bridal shower where you just give people money. And it's weird because there's always like half people will have a gift, and then the other half are just like, "Here's my fat card." Well, I grew my family. We didn't we didn't do any of that. I think it was gifts, and yeah. then one year my cousin. She got married and she said no gifts and she only wanted cash and everyone flipped out. They thought it was so tacky and so trashy. And I thought it was so smart because gifts are just a waste. And she probably she wanted to go on a trip. Yeah. And really, how many toasters do you need? You'd it, be surprised. <laughs> one in but back room. to back to these questions. Yeah. So I say I'm with D. Fuck them. Just give them what you want, and if they judge you for it, who cares, right? Or show up to the wedding with dirt on your face and dirty clothes and tell them you're, you've you gone broke, and then offer them some wooden coins, saying that's all you can afford, and maybe they'll give you the money. Ooh, that's a that's a much better plan, actually. D, go with that second one. Or oh. I was, what I, my advice to D was going to be, try to find out the menu beforehand, because if it's a really good menu, then... You, sh- you should be like, okay, fine, I'll put some money in that card. But if they're having that disgusting wedding banquet, like, rubbery chicken, then don't feel bad about putting well, a Well, then don't go to the wedding. There. Go to KFC, Euro- Europa KFC instead. Okay. So this one is from delisted commenter um, at a vanity. She asks, I'm a 36-year-old teacher, and my look is seriously lacking in elegance. Besides loose sight heels, I have foot problems. How can I add some glamour to my back-to-school look? Well, out of vanity, I have watched every episode of the Aaron Spelling fashion documentary Models, Inc. from the <laughs> 90s, so I'm an expert in fashion. You've come to the right place. Yeah, foot problems really. or no foot problems. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Like, Michael, can you remember any teachers that went to that taught at your school that were like really fashiony? Yes, 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 okay. yes. So when I was going into the sixth grade, there was a teacher. She's probably in her twenties, Miss Gibson. Mm-hmm. She, no relation to Debbie, or maybe she was glamour personified. She was was all about power blazers. Mm. So it was a power blazer and a brooch. And she also wore so much perfume that she could probably kill a couple bears just by being in their vicinity. But she was just everything to me. She was so hot. Miss Gibson picked the wrong line of work. It sounds like she should have been like a babe in a white snake video. With a power blazer? No, she should have been in an Aaron Spelling uh, primetime soap opera. She was kind of um, Amanda Woodward-esque. Oh, she missed You know, her like call. Amanda Ward, wore, Ward always wore power blazers, but no blouse underneath. Yes. I know. I think Miss Gibson wore a blouse. I would, I was going to say, probably after hours, she didn't. But she, so power blazer, statement necklace, loose sight flats. So you had any hot teachers? Um, I can't remember the teacher's name, but it was in first grade i believe and it was not my teacher i had like a very normal looking teacher who wore like skirts down to her ankles and like the shoulder plat shoulder pad blouses and stuff it was the other grade one teacher and she i believe i have written about her on delisted actually before i can't remember her name but she had super black curly hair like she had a perm it was like mary elizabeth master antonio in scarface like curly just hair touching the heavens yeah it was beautiful um she wore a white leather jacket and i remember my favorite outfit of hers was a white leather jacket a blue leather mini skirt and blue like i want to say like two to three inch heels so they weren't super high but I just need to remind you that this was a first grade teacher. Like, there's no reason for her to be. Oh, there's every reason for her. Yeah. I mean, you should. That's a a good lesson to give the children. Yeah. About glamour, elegance, always look like you're. That sounds like a white snake video. That sounds like the teacher in a white snake video. Yeah. That that the message that she's sending kids is like, one day you too could be riding on the back of a motorcycle of a guy named Jersey. A guy named Brett. Brett, <laughs> Brett Michaels. If you're lucky enough, you might land Brett Michaels, kids. If only. <laughs> so yeah. So that's the, so. What do we say? Power blazers, a denim skirt. No, a uh, leather skirt. Yeah, I would just say like leather, leather, leather. Whatever. What isn't leather should be lace. Leather. Yeah, mixed up with some lace, preferably white lace, and flats. Of course, you have to be smart about your footwear. And statement um, necklaces. I say power blazers, statement necklaces, or a statement. Approach. Yeah, and maybe a briefcase to show the kids that you're you're serious. Oh yes, serious definitely teacher. a briefcase. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's our advice. Okay, so yeah. that is all we have for this week for that segment. If you need any advice, um, you can email us at dtp at delisted.com and we will open our brains up to you and give you amazing advice like we just did. Like we just basically told a teacher to dress like an 80s video hoe to school. So advice like that. I'm sure Ann Landers would have given the same advice, to be honest. Definitely. Okay, so that ends this episode. And hopefully when you're listening to this, Roja Caliente is on her way to being the first lady of New York. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.